All right, hey gang, and for this one, we're bringing in a Veter from the Champagne Sharks. Yes, we are going to mention the Therapist Grifter again. And from there, we uh, use that as a jumping off point to get into a uh, larger episode that is broken up into, I'm looking at about four parts, hopefully just three parts, but it might be broken up into four parts for four separate uploads uh, with uh, Veter Star and mostly Veter Star and Phoenix Kaliter. Uh, talking about mental health it is constructive and a pretty dope episode check it out as it rolls out and we also have news as it goes the homegirl Lydia Terry and I'm uh, bringing in more audio it's um, kind of kind of varietize <laughs> varietize the program Sentinel now Florida adopts new standards for civics Holocaust education amid cheers and criticism uh, now, this comes about with a push from Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday, and a lot are worried that these new standards are going to impose some whitewashing of history. Can you tell us more? As you said, Governor DeSantis has pushed civics education. He thinks, um, I mean, it's been taught in Florida schools for years, but he thinks that they need to do a better job, that students need to know more about the founding of the country and the founding principles of the country and the founding documents. And there's certainly a lot of people who agree with him, but this comes on the heels of his pushing for the state to ban critical race theory. And so critics do think that, you know, this is an effort to teach just one part of American history, maybe not to touch on difficult subjects like slavery or the treatment of indigenous people or segregation. So, yes, there has certainly been uh, criticism of that as well. So with the new standards, when they do uh, take hold, what exactly will the focus be? The standards are basically spell out what kids should learn in their social studies classes about civics, kindergarten through 12th grade. The state says these really focus on American exceptionalism, and that kind of permeates much of them. And, you know, they talk about kids learning kind of basic things about symbols of the United States, like the flag and the and Pledge of Allegiance, and then, you know, also the branches of government that, you know, as they get older, a lot more detail about our history and about and about civics. I want to visit one last point of view here, Leslie, before we move on, and that's uh, the state's Holocaust Education Task Force, uh, which weighed in on this topic. Uh, what did they have to say about the new standards? They were very happy that there were going to be standards for Holocaust education. It's oh, It's been required that students learn about what happened since 1994, but this actually spells out what they should learn. So they were pleased with that. They weren't totally pleased with the way the final standards came out. Um, the, the state law says students should learn what happened, you know, what Nazi Germany did, but also kind of learn broader lessons about tolerance and prejudice and how to get along with others. And they feel like the state really backed away from those broader, more universal lessons. So they, they were disappointed um, about that piece. Watch Orlando's Sentinel now live every weekday at noon on our Facebook page and on orlandosentinel.com. All right. Wine Cellar Media is the folks. Mr. William got the dad jokes and other such things all right uh, you do have dad jokes <laughs> yep. you do. and for this one we went ahead we we started up we're gonna go ahead and go live now and i shared the uh zoom holy shit yes this dress has pockets okay i've never worn it before oh i didn't know it had pockets that's amazing i love that <laughs> there you go sorry <laughs> but like not really it's very exciting to have pockets when you wear women's clothes yes 
but you know which podcast gets out of pocket, Mr. <clears throat> Williams' Laborhood. Speaking of out of pocket, <laughs> so apparently white people say out of pocket to mean unavailable? I won't have that. Apparently it's a thing. They say I'm out of pocket to be like, I'm out of the office. Because I... I'm on Twitter, but um, a black person was tweeting and saying, like, this woman sent an email to everybody saying, I'm going to be out of pocket on Friday. So I showed up waiting for the drama and it turned out she just had a doctor's appointment (laughs) and wasn't there. And I was like, oh, that's so disappointing, right? That's how they use out of pocket. Damn. That's out of pocket. It is out of pocket. That's a problem. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) That's not even appropriating. That's just being wrong. (laughs) And weird. And then, of course, all the white people in the comments were like, I thought out of pocket means when you have to pay out of pocket for your health insurance. Uh, You might as well just spell potato like Dan Quayle as long as you're going to behave like that. (laughs) P-O-T? Sure. (laughs) You spilled it. (laughs) All right. And um, we are going to uh, have a veter of the Champagne Sharks program uh, show up here. I checked out some of the episodes of the Champagne Sharks, and I uh, came across a Veter uh, during the time where I was just looking for anybody who was seeing what I thought I was seeing yeah. back during the um, the hot week of the Black Therapist Grifter, mm-hmm. which that was a hot week. It like, was. Definitely for that person's career path, in mm-hmm. my non-humble opinion. And I thought it was a very interesting story just in regard to... Um, influencers and social media and grifting in and of itself like it's it's a study in like everything sophistry bad faith acting Mm -hmm. um gish gallops (laughs) my god um um what folks call stan culture which Mm -hmm. i have trouble saying out loud but people literally like live to be that if you will yeah they do that these days i'm seeing they're willing to go to prison for it but like for the, the, the R- what are kelly's guys in prison for it r kelly's guy yeah there's a guy who was an r kelly stan who went to prison for he got convicted of um intimidating some of the witnesses for because you know r kelly just got convicted um recently like last week for the um the tape where he was uh you know raping and peeing on that young woman yes and um, but like, you know, as these trials keep coming up, there was a guy who actually went around threatening and intimidating R. Kelly witnesses. And he is doing a 10 year bid right now. Like for what? <laughs> to defend R. Kelly? Are you serious? And to some degree, like we need like a stochastic terrorism bill mm-hmm. where we fucking look into what the fuck these folks are listening to and watching. But we what- won't let go of freedom of speech. Oh, no, nah, because nah, fuck all that. It- it's time to like. Y'all niggas that are smarter than me, I would like for you to start acting like it, okay? Like, you know damn well that the yelling fire in a crowded movie theater, um, what should I say, writer, attachment, what is it, a a key provision? Mm -hmm. But really, it's an amendment, though. It's not a bill. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just an argument in the amendment. Yeah. And you can't fucking do that. And that is what they are doing. America is a crowded theater. But then again, remember the premise when Reagan started advocating for this when he was president, right? Hmm. Because what was his logic was um, specifically they said that it should be illegal to make news uh, news journalists, broadcasters, and pundits and outlets be uh, honest 
because making reporters tell you the truth about news is a violation of their First Amendment rights. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. And so, like, if you're starting from that premise that the news can lie to you, then, I mean, this is kind of where we are. Like, this was the inevitable outcome. This was kind of what where we were always headed and what was always intended, to be honest, you know? Well, then. Yes, queen, go off, girl boss. What's the outside? <laughs> yeah, that's all you got, then. That's all I got, then. <laughs> all right, and uh, Vitor Loco said, uh, just give me a sec. For sure. All right, so you've got some some, some gangbang heaters over there. Uh, sure, why not? Um, Let's see. How about the clown story? You saw the clown story, I'm sure. I'm sure you made jokes about it, too. Oh, goodness, wait. Well, which one? In Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, I, I, I haven't covered this. Definitely okay. haven't. So, Delmont, Pennsylvania, a Westmoreland County man is facing several charges after police said he wanted to, quote, kill all Democrats. Jan Stavovy, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I don't actually really care. Uh, he is 61. 61, and this is what the fuck you're doing with your life. You should be retiring and hanging out with your grandkids, you fucking weirdo. Um, 61, he took a loaded gun into a Delmont Dairy Queen. Yeah. Is that where the Democrats be? Dairy Queen? Okay. Uh, and the police uh, said that the quick action of an officer saved lives. It was Saturday, September 10th, when Delmont police said uh, Stawovi walked into a Dairy Queen on Route 66 in a yellow safety vest and a rainbow clown wig? Nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, what? Wait, I like that it's a rainbow clown wig, A though. rainbow clown wig, Because yes. you would imagine, like, to our understanding, a lot of boomers are bootlickers. Yes. And the rainbow clown wig is kind of a Takashi six nine thing. Yeah, like I get it. He's clowning and snitching. He's I feel clowning it. And snitching. Trayway. That's what they do. Uh, so callers told police he had a gun, and within a minute, Officer Gregory Stoll was there. Multiple people were inside the DQ uh, at the time, and police say a group of people include. Oh no. Multiple people were inside the Dairy Queen at the time, and a group of people, including several with intellectual disabilities, were heading inside. What in the blue fuck? Was he targeting that? But he said he wanted to kill Democrats, which now goes to what you were just saying um, about how we should like be tampering down some of this free speech shit because these people who are in these propaganda circles literally believe everything. They never fact check anything. And what is something that like an Alex Jones or a Tucker Carlson would say? Liberalism is a mental disease, right? Hmm. Like being liberal means like essentially that you're functionally, you know. Ah, you know, yeah. So then, like, so then you do have to wonder if that is the source of his propaganda, and that's what he's um, basing his actions off of. Was he actually trying to target like intellectually disabled people on the assumption that they are by default Democrats? Yeah. Let's see what was the fucker reading. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you know what? Let let let's go over it. Let's say I get caught out there radically donating rolls of toilet paper to a queer youth center shelter, mm -hmm. you might want to find out what the hell William was listening to that made him engage in this stochastic shererism. Sure. <laughs> so communism? Okay. You know what? Nah, stochastic shererism. Stochastic yeah. shererism. All when right. you fucking... That's what our audience does. Like, what... what what do the audiences of leftists do? Donate to GoFundMes and shit. We got uh, 
the good sis's uh, GoFundMe taken care of. Remember the story about the young woman, teenager, who was uh, kidnapped and trafficked and raped, killed her rapist, and then was forced to pay restitution? GoFundMe is paying the restitution. She is that ra- Centoya Brown or a newer no, one? No, it's a new one. It was one that happened, like, literally last week. Okay, I think I, I think I heard a, 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 um, a black conservative commentator covering that. Yeah, I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure she was supposed to pay $150,000 to his family for killing him for raping her. Yes, he, that's what he was covering, yes. Yeah, but um, no, they had to GoFundMe up, and she got, like, $300,000, so GoFundMe is covering those fees because you shouldn't have to fucking pay a family of your rapist for killing the guy who raped you. Which, like, if that's the family he came from, why aren't they fucking paying her for damages, fucking mental health damages? I'm saying, like, I want these people, like, I think they should have to be, like, interviewed, cross-examined, like, publicly examined because why the fuck are you getting basically reparations for raising a rapist? Well, like, and what kind of culture is that? And like, and what kind of cool, like, that's what we talk about. These systems, these systems came from this culture, Mm -hmm. right? Like the systems that we're in came from a culture of people that practiced scorched earth as a policy. The systems that we're in this, um, this, uh, Anglo American, uh, judicial system, right? Uh, the Anglo jurisprudence, they call it. That came from putting thumb screws on rape victims to see if they changed their story. Mm-hmm. You're not I mean, surprised. To, what up? Yeah, the whole, like every time we talk about, um, you know, like medieval Europe and shit, I'm always thinking about the uh, author in Germany who basically wrote a book about how um, uh, burning witches at the stake wasn't severe <laughs> enough. Like someone, Not severe a- enough. yeah, someone actually like sat down and wrote down and you know how hard it was to write shit and publish it back then. Yeah. <laughs> like sat down, wrote down and published the idea that burning witches at the stake was not painful enough because they died from smoke inhalation before they really felt the heat and pain from the flames. Like what kind of fucking sociopath thinks that burning someone alive is not enough torture? What yeah. the fuck? Just saying. Oh, yes, we, we, we were we were already live. We figured we'd go live while you were coming in there. Can you hear us? Doing a live is so fun. Oh, oh, I can hear you. Oh, there we go. There yes, we got, we got it. We got it. Okay, and I'm looking at the um I'm looking at the wave file and I do see your voice coming in. Awesome. Do you guys hear my AC and my fan? If so, let me know. I can turn it off. Uh, I, I can hear my fan, so don't worry about your fan. <laughs> <laughs> Might turn our AC back on, too. It's hitting 80 out here today. Uh. A little bit of uh, how I came across you as I was talking about to the audience when I um, when we first started. After I'd come across um, you and some other folks, because I was just looking for anyone that was kind of seeing what I was seeing when the black therapist grifter from TikTok <laughs> did what, what, and I noticed your analysis was different than mine. And what I like about it was like, it's like, I agree and I disagree where I'm like, I think she was a bit more insidious, but what you folks were saying was a smart analysis. And I think you're more normal people than me. I'm not trying to say I'm some wha- wacky out there, super weirdo, but I'm not that normal. Right. So things that come from my perspective are going to be a bit skewed. And so I thought that what you folks said on the uh, Champagne Sharks program, and I'll just say it, they have a part that's public and a part that's on their Patreon. And for five bucks a month, you can access that. And it's it's a darn good program. I went and signed up for it myself. And um, and what you folks Thank were you. saying. Yeah. 
But I was wondering, like, uh, also, if you could see a bit of what I saw, where it looked like, I'm not saying she's a super genius, but smart enough to see the basic marketing of there's an audience that can be pandered to. And if I just hit these notes, you know, say the B word in the way that they like to hear it said, say the word dusty the way they like to hear it said, you know, just sing their songs. It's like if you do right wing radio to appeal to Republicans, come out, call everything communism, call everything critical race theory, hit the notes and they'll pay you handsomely. Mm -hmm. And that was what I saw. It looked like it was really just a grift. And did you think you saw any of that at all there? I don't even think it was that deep. Hmm. I don't think she was that deep. No, see that that was the, yeah that was in their analysis. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you saw like more of like a um someone that was venting about their own personal problems and it got out of hand. Yeah, I think she used a lot of the social media talking points to justify and fuel her feelings for her personal situation. And then she got on the internet and started babbling <laughs> and then tried to and tried to use those social media talking points and and use her credential to validate those social media talking points. So that's kind of how I was looking at it. I don't think she's that intelligent. Like I don't think she's like some super intelligent person who was strategizing. I don't think she was even strategizing. I think we're watching a person who was having a meltdown mm-hmm. on the internet and we took it for not us, because we were clearly, you know, understanding what we were looking at. But a lot of people who liked her videos or supported her videos were basically being entertained and don't even realize that they're watching this person have a meltdown. And you're taking what she's saying as fact. You're taking as what she's saying is true. Also, a lot of hurt people are going to gravitate towards that message, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same thing with what we call incels or the, you know, the people who are in the Save Yourselves Black Men crew or the, what they call Red Pill or whatever they call Oh, God, right? those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, but it's the same concept. It's these people who are using these talking points to take advantage of people who are in pain. And so this girl is an example of somebody who is in pain. And it's clear that she's following the language and the culture of these online talking points from all these other hurt people who are using their bitterness to make their talking points and then make it out like their like their experiences are universal mm-hmm. and there's literally no self-reflection from either camp right so there's no self-reflection in the that you know red pill camp and there's no real self-reflection in this whatever camp you want to call her i wouldn't call her a divester only because i didn't see her say she wanted to be with white men over black men but she was using some of those similar talking points for sure yeah. hmm. Yeah, and I noticed um, when I I delivered my critique of her and, you know, because I'm kind of ideologically homeless. Like, I just, I I, I fall into the misanthropy side of things. Like, I, I kind of disagree with everybody a bit. And on one of my videos, I'm noticing the Manosphere guys. When you say something that's that they slightly agree with or against something they, mm-hmm. against someone said they hate, they think they need to be a fan of yours now. Yeah. So you get the guys showing up where they're like, "Yeah, King, tell him." I'm like, "No, I'm not your king, buddy. I don't, I don't, I don't do We're what you do." We're not on the do. same team. Oh, I so, get that a lot. So you're saying I you don't? You don't want stands? No. But you could have your own set of barbs. No, I don't need felonious people <laughs> hanging around me. No, I feel that. You know what? Um, 
It's funny you say that because I have to see me a lot. So mm. if you look at my Twitter, you'll find that some of those manosphere or those save yourselves black men guys or those these guys who clearly low key hate black women or hate women, but they mm. don't want to admit it to themselves. They'll like my stuff whenever I'm going at people like that therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll like that stuff. But the second I start criticizing their camp, all of a sudden I'm all types of other names. I start assuming things about me. Mm-hmm. That's why you're single and broke. And I might be broke, but you don't know if I'm single or not. Cause I don't talk about my relationship on the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and I keep that cause I, I don't believe in putting all my issues out there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause if, even if I'm, let's say I'm going through a, a tough relationship or I'm going through a breakup or something, I'm not going to get on the internet and just start saying, this is how black men are. Cause I'm going through this breakup. That's what a lot of these people do. They're yeah. going through something painful. If you look at more of that woman's videos, she has a video where she says, I was going, I, a guy just told me something that hurt my feelings and broke up with me. And that was why she said the shit she said. And that was her pain. She's having a meltdown on camera. Everybody's like, yeah, girl, that's right, girl. This black man needs to heal. This girl needs to heal. We're looking at her have a meltdown. And you're talking about how black men need therapy. And she's a quote unquote therapist who, by the way, was not utilizing any of the best practices used in therapy. Thank you. That was my, and I think that was what triggered me the most about her video. It wasn't an actual call for black men to get more mental health support. If that was the conversation, I would have been all for it. Mm-hmm. Nothing she said was about that. Everything she said was about entertaining this particular group because she used terminology. She used a certain way of, of demeaning black men to make it out like she's, you know, she's saying, I want to help black men and encourage them to go to therapy. But really what she's saying is I want to entertain all the black women who've been hurt by black men and I want to entertain them. Cause that's who's following her. Mm-hmm. Cause if you wanted to actually, a person who's using best practices, a person that's like, you know what? I really want black men to get more mental health support, not seek therapy. Cause therapy is not the only type of mental health support that that exists, right? It's all types of ways to, to heal from trauma and to develop your emotional vocabulary, right? She wasn't trying to do that. Because if she were, she would have said something like, I understand the experience. I understand that Black men are having some tough experiences. And it can also lend to having tough situations and relationships. Here are some helpful tips to help you with opening up to your partner, even when it seems difficult. Here are some words you can use. Here's a resource for you. None of that was there. It was just a bunch of ranting. Yep. People who want to help you provide resources. They provide helpful information, provide tips that are going to help fuel you to find healthy, loving relationships, not berate you, not put you down. Because one thing we know in therapy, and I teach trauma-informed care. I'm a trauma-informed care educator. So I train therapists, I train doctors, I train, in fact, I train parents, teachers, whoever want to get trained in understanding trauma and how it works in the body. One of the key components of that is empathy. Mm-hmm. There was no empathy in that video. Mm-hmm. Find me one sentence that was actually empathetic. Yes. It was condescending. It was sympathetic at certain points, but it was not empathetic. Uh, actually, it was she was empathetic to me. She was trying to teach me how to talk to my B word, <laughs> as you can see. Right. And how do you refer to men's partners as bitches? Oh, right. oh B word. I'm sorry. I can't cuss on here. No, you oh, can, yeah. You oh, yeah, cuss. we can. It's, can it's just, that, okay. that's, that's one of that's a personal hang up of mine. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a show not too long ago and they're like, no cussing. Oh no! Oh yeah, no! no I I want. I say stuff okay. on here to where I think you probably should have vetted me more. And be like, oh no, not this guy. 
But no, I just want to say I'm really glad that you're like bringing these things up because that was the way I felt watching her videos too because I am a big proponent of mental health services. I am a big supporter of people going to therapy, especially black people going to therapy, um, just trying to deal with like generational traumas and whatnot. And just listening to her videos as someone who's been in therapy, like I just... I don't know what I would have done had that been my therapist talking like this about clients. Right. Like it was just so mortifying to me as someone who is a big proponent of therapy to see a therapist talking like this and being so hurtful um, to like black community in general, because like, like she said, I really truly feel like she said the idea of black people getting um, mental health care back like 20 years i swear to god like off yeah. of these fucking videos it's terrible oh, to me absolutely because how will you how would you trust a therapist that gets on there first of all your whole channel on tiktok is just nonsense she's like randomly shaking her ass and it, while she's saying something that has nothing to do with shaking her ass it's not like she was like oh i went to a party here's how i danced it was nothing like that it would mm -hmm. be like you know yeah i'm tired of dating shake my ass shake my ass like literally just turn around and start shaking her ass and then yeah, dating is tough, you know? I'm just like, what is happening? It, it, it was so, hmm. it, it seemed off looking mm -hmm. at it. It was cringy. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out how, who would be supporting this. But when you're trying to chase clout and not provide information, you're going to get this nonsense. You're going to get things that don't add up, that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that when we watch these videos or we watch these therapists online that we're, that we're, paying attention to how they're portraying themselves mm -hmm. because our, if you're credentialing yourself, you're telling me you're a professional in your field. Yeah. If I see you on here being ridiculous, I'm not going to go, Oh, I should go seek mental health support. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, exactly. exactly. In, in fact, you're telling me that people like you are insane and I probably should not seek you mm -hmm. for support. Yeah. Seriously. And I agree with you 100%. Definitely set mental health back for black people. Absolutely. All right. And if I look like I'm moving around weird, like I'm producing <laughs> live while we're on the program and uh, and what you're talking about there, that's kind of where I come into things because um, I think I am one of those people. Right. I'm relatively privileged, as they might say, on the campuses. Right. I'm a man. I'm masculine. I'm comfortable in myself being me. But I never I don't know much about health care in general, let mm -hmm. alone therapy. Right. Like I literally I know nothing like what well, I got stitches once. Yeah, yeah. I got hit by a car. I still worked overtime that week. Like I'm just a different kind of guy. And then when I see that, obviously the monolithing, very annoying, the generalizing, very annoying. And the fact that no one will acknowledge that. Like I even I took it onto Facebook and I didn't mention the therapist. I left that out of it. And I just asked, hey, so are black men a monolith? And people would not answer folks would and and sadly ironically it was a lot black women refused to answer they would just type an essay about something else tangential to it and it's like somewhere in there you really think we are and that's yeah. repulsive because mm -hmm. we like just mentioned r kelly i think like right, right before you came on yeah and it's like you can't even differentiate there to any degree and I mean, I don't know how much of it, like, because you're smarter than me and I'm I'm not, that's just real. And like, what do you think? Is that coming from some of these social media circles you see? So this is, this is the other thing you have to remember about the internet, right? A lot of people lie. Hmm. That's what they do. They lie. They know damn well there's a difference. 
between various people, any in any group. They're not stupid. Mm-hmm. They're there, but they're trying to uphold this united front. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? Hmm. And it's funny because I've even seen people who are in to- who are married to black men in relationships. Doesn't seem too tough. I mean, it's like it's you know some extreme thing happening, and yet they'll hop on the internet. Yeah, black men this, black men that. And I'm like, does your husband know you write this stuff on the internet, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So people are up there trying to be a part of a group. These are people who want to feel like they're a part of something. And so sometimes it's not even so much that they're telling the truth that they think that um, black, they're not going to admit, you know, anything that's true. But -hmm. if they're saying that, you know, black men are a monolith or even just trying to project that while not believing it, it's all to create an image. It's all to create this um, united front. Like, oh, I'm on this side of the conversation. Because the second you disagree with them, all of us, especially the black woman, you become all types of names to them. I'm a mammy. Uh, a mule, pick me. a pick me. They have a cause for me. And I'm sure if you go through my thing, you'll see how often I get called that on a regular basis. Um, despite the fact that even if I say something that's not even gender specific, you'll mm-hmm. find people who will say stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, something we've talked about on the program before is uh, like in general, the idea that people really do want to belong to something. But in order to belong to the group, you do have to basically get like on code, if you will, with whatever the talking points of that group are. And that's, I think, how we end up in a lot of these situations. And I wish people could maybe acknowledge how toxic some of their groups are. You know, but they don't want to because they don't want to get ostracized and kicked out of their group because they feel like that's the only safe place they have. And so it's like this really weird position where it seems like people are um, parroting really bad ideas that they don't necessarily believe because it gives them a false sense of security that they're part of the in-group. And it's 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 not a great place. It's not a great place. It's hmm. not. And I, and I think the point that you're making lends to another another point, which is, you know, if we extend empathy to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing with these incels. If we just come from an empathetic perspective, we we, ha- we would have to take into account what you just said. These are people who are who are in pain, who are seeking some sort of space of safety, mm-hmm. and then you have these other people who are willing to take advantage of that, yeah, and feed them all types of lies, make money off of them, um, gain their own social media status by you know, basically profiting off of the pain of these people. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for, they want to feel, because they've been hurt. They've been hurt by somebody. That's just the reality of it. And these are people who need more of our support. It gets frustrating because they say, all, some of them say just some of the most vile, disgusting things to you so you don't have to cuss them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but if we're, but that, that to me, that's just short-term reactionary shit. I can say shit. I keep forgetting I can cuss on here. Yeah. That's just short term. I got programs, you know, once they tell me don't cuss on another show, my brain goes, okay, don't cuss. Uh, but I cuss like a sailor. But we get caught up in all, I don't want it too caught up in the reactionary shit, mm-hmm. right? Like, is it easy to react to that girl's video? Right. So, but then my question is, what are we going to do to counter that type of conversation? Right. And that's something I'm working on right now. I'm trying to find a way a productive and effective way, not trying to find, I'm doing, I'm creating a way mm-hmm. um, for us to have these more healthy conversations with people because at the end of the day, when we go back and forth, it just drives them further into that belief. Yep. In fact, they feel more justified in their belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you watch when you debate them, even when you're bringing facts, mm-hmm. if they're already in a certain mind state, they feel like, see, you're proving it. You just have internalized misogyny, and- right? 
Right. Um, and see what I find with a lot of that, too, is that oftentimes if I'm having a debate with people like this, they won't actually debate me. They'll go to like other people in the comments. Yes, so you do have like stupid comments. Yeah, because you do have like the Manosphere guys in the comments saying like a horrible misogynistic ass shit. Right. And then they'll be like, well, look at how these men talk about us. And it's like, no, this is someone who's intentionally trolling, who's on this shit here to upset you, not to actually create change or have like a serious conversation. But it's like everyone, you know, once they find like the absolute worst element on the other side, all of a sudden it's like it justifies everything negative you believe about that whole side in general. Right. right. So it does get to the point where like, oh, every every black man is an R. Kelly. Like, what the fuck are you right. talking about? <laughs> and you that know? is a result of trauma. Like, that is a trauma response. Yes. And that's something that we have to be understanding of, too. We're watching people have trauma responses mm-hmm. to, you know, um, and they can't help it. I mean, they really, if this is what they really believe. Now, some people, like I said, I think it's on the internet lying and just want to be cool. But even that comes from something, right? This yeah. need for acceptance. But, which, by the way, is a biological, neurological need. We all have it in mm-hmm. some way right uh what the lengths that will go to get it might vary the strategies we utilize to get our needs met might vary but we mm-hmm. all have the exact same needs yeah um so a lot of these so some of these people might have a need for acceptance some of them might have this need for support um this need for connection and if they can connect on this painful thing that's mm-hmm. where they're going to congregate but it's all really a bunch of people playing out their traumas with each other. Yes. Um, triggering each other, hurting each other. That's why those two particular groups have are constantly creating these gender wars um, because they're just they're in extreme pain. Mm-hmm. And we haven't figured out how to connect with them yet. So one of the things I would like to do is to have more media conversations where we're providing <clears throat> helpful information. So instead of somebody like uh, uh, Kevin Samuels, you know, who he's passed on, but he was, his name is definitely synonymous with a lot of this conversation. Right. It's not somebody like that who isn't trying to help you get um, a healthy, lasting, loving relationship. That was not his goal. His mm-hmm. goal was to entertain and make money off of you and sell his coaching yeah. services. And not just him, Cynthia G, right? Yep. I saw her on uh, another show Mm -hmm. and I was like how did she even get on here she says some of those vile disgusting things Uh, right Fox Soul yeah Fox Soul Soul. Mm -hmm. yeah and so she um, she says some of the most vile disgusting unhelpful things to black uh, about black men to black women and then telling them like you're always going to be a victim of black men and filling their head with this and now you have this girl who's just been hurt by a black man Mm -hmm. in some way who's buying into this instead of us yeah. going being able to find, you know, uh, instead of her being able to find actual support mm-hmm. so she can move forward and find another healthy, lasting, loving relationship. Yeah. She gets sold a bunch of BS. And then the rest of us are like, what the hell is going on with all these people spreading this information? Because it, it, it's like poison too. It's like, mm-hmm. it just spreads throughout this group. Absolutely. Um, I I do think we need to recognize that these are hurting people. We need to have more spaces where they can get actual helpful information about how how do I get a healthy, loving relationship? Yes. We should be talking about miles on people. Exactly. You know, oh, she's she's out of her prime. She has children, or he uh, he doesn't have a job, and he now now he's throwaway. He's not high value. He doesn't pay two hundred dollars for a date. You don't throw away people <laughs> and see people in this messed up way and only see it in this superficial way and then think you're going to have a healthy, loving relationship. 
Oh, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And it's very frustrating because I think a lot of people don't really take into account that they are the product with a lot of these um, like dating and lifestyle coaches. So whether it's like a Cynthia G, as you had mentioned, or like a Kevin Samuels, I think that ultimately um, like their listeners don't ask themselves a very vital question, which is do these people want to see you in a healthy relationship? Do these people actually want to see you in a healthy, loving, respectful um, marriage where you both compromise, where you both have respect and love for each other, where you both show each other affection, where you both have a safe place, where you communicate in a healthy way? Like, none of these people actually want that for their fans, but their fans don't seem to realize that. And so they keep, like, buying into these services and these products and watching these videos and, you know, hyping these people up and defending these people online, but they don't have uh, good intentions for you. And I wish their exactly. audiences, like, knew that, you know? <laughs> like, I wish their audiences, like, understood that. Like, you're the product. As long as you're miserable, you'll keep coming back. As long as yes. you get hurt, you're going to keep, like, yeah, oh, she cheated on you? Fuck that bitch. I'm going to watch a Kevin Samuels video. Oh, he didn't, whatever it is, he cheated on you? Man, fuck these black men. I'm going to go watch a Cynthia G video. Like, every time you get further in pain and internalize these messages, you keep coming back. And it's this really unhealthy relationship that these people have with these, like, um, influencers or relationship coaches, whatever the fuck you want to call them, dating experts, whatever the fuck they build themselves as. <laughs> but whatever the fuck, I don't even know. But, like, that's that shit, though, because every time you get hurt, you come back. And that's the thing. They want you to get hurt and come back. They really, truly do not want you to be in healthy, loving, stable relationships with black people. And that's, like, crazy to me. How are y'all taking, like, relationship advice from black people who don't want you to be in healthy relationships Relationships and don't with even black have people. one themselves. What? <laughs> and don't even have one themselves. Thank you. <laughs> I want to see some. I wanted to see somebody who's like, this is my spouse. We've been working hard. We've had some issues, but we you know this is how we get through our tough problems, or this is how we, you know, if if you want to put them out there at all. But mm -hmm. the reality is that if the people that you're talking to don't understand how to have a healthy, loving relationship, they. But you know, how do you expect them to help you get one? Exactly. And that's what people really want. The other thing that they try to sell you, and this is something that, especially I see this in the red pill space, they don't try to sell you a healthy, loving relationship. They try to sell you a fantasy, mm -hmm. right? There's this fantasy woman who's a robot, is going to do everything you want, and if you don't, and if she doesn't, you can just throw away and replace her with another one, yep. right? Um, and, that, and, and she has to be in her prime, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. They don't say anything about connection. They nope. don't say anything about understanding yourself. They don't talk to these men about, um, and these women, because it's for the, uh, like this therapist, they're not talking to you about healing from your trauma and right. your childhood, the ways you're parenting, the ways that you were parenting and how they shape the way you see the world, including your relationships and yourself. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about any of that stuff. Nope. They're not trying to help you. That part, that part. They're really not trying to help. And I just, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating because it's just leading more and more people into these like weird ass gender wars that aren't helping anybody. They are not helping the community. They are not making us better. And it's just like, we keep doing it. And I just wish we could sort of break that cycle really, you know? But we, we can, we just have, it's just going to take a lot of the people who know better to do more and mm. step up, you know? And that is a wrap-up on the part one. We are going to swing it back, bring it back just like this on the second one. Uh, there will be more news, more Vita Star, more Phoenix Kalita, and more of me trying to produce it. <laughs> <laughs>